Okay, so uh, this is this is why the Republic or the Democrats do not want Donald Trump to have another term, uh, and they're already talking about it openly. That one more term. And you will have two generations of the court before the progressives can really turn things back around. The court system is being fundamentally changed by Barack Obama. Uh, I'm sorry, by uh, um, Donald Trump. He has added so many judges to the federal courts uh, that it it is fundamentally transforming it. It really is. The Senate yesterday confirmed President Trump's ninth judicial nominee, to the liberal Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, elevating Patrick uh, Bumate, an openly gay Filipino man, to the federal bench over the objection of his liberal home state senators. They didn't want him. Uh, he has worked as an assistant U.S. attorney uh, for the Southern District of California. He uh, cleared the Senate by 53-40 party line vote. Uh, he did not have the support from Feinstein or uh, Harris. They say he lacks the knowledge and experience that is necessary for something like this. He has minimal appellate experience, um, but he received qualified ratings from the American Bar Association. Uh, and that's the association that all the Democrats always say, well, the Bar Association says he's great. Well, they said he was qualified for the job. So what's the problem now? Why isn't this all over the news? I mean, if you really care about fairness, if you really care about gay rights and how society is changing, wouldn't you say, hey, I got I to gotta give this one to Donald Trump? I mean, <laughs> we've been calling him a guy who hates gays, but he just appointed a gay man, openly gay man, to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Guess we were wrong on that one. Yeah, and beyond that, I mean, he's been nominating really good judges across the board really? and not just from the perspective as you might you know expect that we like conservatives um you know and that's been he's been pretty solid on that but i mean beyond that just people who are highly qualified i thought this was fascinating and i had not heard this anywhere else uh, through the first two years of his presidency a higher percentage of judges nominated by president trump received well-qualified ratings from the american bar association than any recent president except for george w bush as of one, uh, as of last week, President Trump's 2019 nominees have continued this trend. Um, President Obama has nominated a large number of highly qualified jurists uh, as well. Um, a higher percentage, um, however, for Trump on well-qualified jurists. Um, so you're talking about uh, 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 like these are people that you know. You kind of get this idea that Trump is like, oh, he's just you know, you know he talked you know famously about appointing his sister, who actually is qualified but mm -hmm. way too liberal um to to these high level courts they've gone through and they've said now that um a majority of president trump's judicial nominees have rece received well-qualified ratings from the aba it's not a con conservative organization obviously 80 percent of circuit court nominees and 62 percent of district court nominees if anything this understates the relative qualifications of trump's judicial picks as there are reasons to doubt the aba's assessment of conservative nominees Indeed, multiple peer review studies have found that the ABA evaluates Republican nominees more critically than Democratic nominees with sure. equivalent experience, um, which is not a huge surprise. Um, uh, but they are, you know, they're now saying that not only is Trump nominating pretty good conservatives, but very highly qualified legal minds uh, to go and take these roles. 
something that you would not have expected if you watch the uh, if you watch the media. He's just you know he's naming whoever you know whoever he feels like it, and these are all radical. Basically, he's a bunch of pastors. Uh, yeah. who, <laughs> it is you know it, this is this is directly due to uh, Ted Cruz and Mike Lee. Those two are really the two that are guiding this this whole uh, federal judge appointment system. And along with the Federalist Society as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of people mm-hmm. involved. But in the Senate, yeah. it's those guys who are really guiding this thing. And uh, I've talked to several of them, you know, not just those guys, but in other organizations that are are saying the same thing. They all say the same thing. Y- you... You don't have any idea. America has no idea how good Donald Trump has been for the court system. That we have a real shot because it's not just the Supreme Court. It is also the federal judges. If you can give him another term on federal judges and they are this good, you have a chance that justice can be done under the Constitution. And I would say this is his cell, right? I mean, this, the cell for t- 2020 Donald Trump is judges plus economy, right? Those yes. two things together are usually enough to win an election. Um, if you have judges that are going to get your base um, motivated, you know, the, the fact that they're going back to the Constitution, which is something I think kind of a nice idea. It's a quaint idea to maybe mm-hmm. occasionally respect the Constitution. And you add on to that an economy that's still strong. I mean, the Fed came out uh, two days ago and said they're not going to be lowering rates uh, because they still think the economy is is strong. As you point out, there are always risks there, and and uh, there's reasons to be nervous. Um, but still, I mean, it, you know, we've we've had a good run here, mm-hmm. and we were seeing economic numbers, uh, you know, with minority groups, unemployment, all over all over the place that you know are exceeding. Any level we've seen in sometimes, in some cases, 50 years. So is that, I mean, you know, they're going to try impeachment because they don't really know how to attack a a president like this. They have to make it about personality. They have to make it about this guy's shady or whatever they want to do because going on the basic merits of a normal election are not going to work particularly well. Because he, you know, the the structure we're there relative, is okay. We're at relative peace compared to where we've been. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, in yeah, the last twenty years, uh, you know, it's I mean, the not, ISIS is a big is a, another big chunk big of deal. Yeah. Uh, so relative peace, relative prosperity. Although everything is on the edge, relative prosperity uh, and uh, jobs. Jobs are f- fantastic, best than in in any time in my lifetime. So what do you do if you're the what Democrats? Do do? I mean, you got to yell. You, you know, you certainly yeah, you got to make you, it about something else. You, you throw, you know, you, you tell everybody about Greta and how bad the climate is. Right. You say how mean Donald Trump is. You talk about, you know, you talk about Russia and you talk about Ukraine. You, all these things. I mean, I mean, the idea that the two thousand a presidential election in the United States is going to turn on corruption in the Ukraine. I mean, most people could not come within a thousand miles of where Ukraine is on a map. <laughs> I mean, if you if you go to the average person in a mall, uh, which, by the way, there are none left and there's no one in them. But if you happen to find someone walking past a mall and you gave them a map of the world with no labels, are they within a thousand miles of Ukraine if you ask them to name it? No, probably not. No. Um, Let me change uh, subjects here. Transgender New York Times writer has slammed conservatives for not understanding Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as the queerest holiday special ever. Uh, now, I will tell you that Rudolph 
every year I watch it uh, with the family, and every year it gets worse for me. Every year Why? I'm like, this is really sick. Santa is a jerk. He is a jerk in that one. He is a jerk. It's a non-canon Santa. Yeah, I would say. It's a big <laughs> it's time really non-canon. Yeah. Okay, so, and I have to give this writer of the New York Times credit. Hermie the Elf is clearly gay. Now, at no point does, uh, why would you, why would you believe that? Glenn? I just. Why, I, if you were looking inside yourself, why would you believe that? Are all dentists gay? Is that what you're trying to say? No, it's just the way, it's just the it's just it's not the way he dresses because he dresses like everybody else. He does. It's not the way he looks because he looks like everybody else. It's just the way he's like. I want to be a dentist. Okay, I. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Kiss a girl. Go ahead. I kiss a girl. Can you kiss a girl, I or do you want to kiss the other elves? My guess is the dentists do pretty well with the ladies. It's a good gig. Yeah, it's a good stable job. So and- it's just maybe it's just me and mm-hmm. my family, but we look at Hermie and we're like. I mean, he was clearly And you gay. accept him for that, right? I totally accept okay. him for that. I don't Good. mind gay dentists because, I mean, or the gay other, elves. I will say the uh, North Pole, not so accepting. Not so Santa, accepting. Yeah. Not so accepting. Not at all. Uh, but but uh, Rudolph is not gay. Rudolph is just <laughs> in a very bad family. Yeah, his uh, his parents aren't so great in that one either, if Mom I remember Mom is right. okay, but she doesn't say anything. She should say to her husband, shut, shut the up. hell up. Yeah, dad's just like, you know, the, the typical, like, little league father that's yelling at his children. Yeah, and then and then the little league coach is like, okay, all right now, kids. Uh, we're not going to play any games with that freak over there. Yeah, it's, a, I mean, it's And they're bad. really overt about it. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing if you kind of like, I don't know, guy's a little yeah. weird, you know. They're just like announcing to the whole class, ah, oh, you can't do this. You've got a red right. nose. <laughs> right. It's like, wait. Like, they are. We're not going to play with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're really, yeah, it's yeah, really right. bad. Okay. Okay. So then they also say uh, that there is a whole island. The reason why it's the queerest holiday special ever is because there's a whole island of outcasts. Well, it has nothing to do with. It's not like we have, I mean, have we ever in American history <laughs> mm-hmm. ever sent gay people to an island? I mean, not that they, you know, they, they have all, you know, not that they've gone, I want to go to the island for the, you know, for the weekend and come mm-hmm. back. I mean, sure. Have we ever, have you ever in history I mean, heard you, of gay islands? I, I mean, have, you, I don't mean to sound like, you know, because that would be an upgrade from what usually happened back in the old days. I just kill him he's gay yeah that, that was there was a time unfortunately right. um yeah no I, I i mean we you know we locked up japanese people but i don't yeah, remember the I gay remember islands. the gay thing mm-hmm. and uh i mean right now i mean if they were all terrorists or or islamist we do have the island of outcasts it's called guantanamo <laughs> not, so you could not be, usually having anything to do, do with, with gay. preferences yeah and you know just because you're a squirt gun that shoots jelly or a cowboy that rides an ostrich, ostrich. or a Charlie in the box. It doesn't. <laughs> it's a solid Charlie in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants a Charlie <laughs> in the box. Uh, that's, I mean, so mean. It it's really is. so mean. It's bullying culture, I think, yeah, is the is. real issue there. And what's the deal with the lion? Every year I go and fly around the world to find toys that no child loves. Stop by the North Pole, why don't you? You're flying. You're a flying lion. Mm-hmm. You don't think Santa... You, look at him. Look at the size of him, and then look at the fat elf. You don't think Santa's going to listen to the flying 
lion. Hey, Santa, why don't you try to drop these off from time to time? I think the lion is the problem. He likes having a whole island of misfit toys. Mm. He likes it. Gives him power. This is like a good. You think it's an Epstein situation or what? what what's what's going on there? No, Man, he just got his own have... island. No, he's it's just... almost the same story. No, he's like Arafat. You can't make it. You can't make it without me. Mm. Ah, Charlie in the box. You know who it is? That damn Santa. Those damn kids. That's what it is. He just there's a tax involved. I don't know what it is mm-hmm. on the island, but I guarantee you. There is a tax, and it's an oppressive tax on Charlie in the Boxes. I don't think you want to know what it is, to be frank. Who's Frank? So uh, there is a, a, new, a new app that is out, and it's called uh, The Chosen, right? It's The Chosen app. I have to tell you, I started watching this uh, a few weeks ago. It is the largest um crowdfunded right crowdfunded yeah. series ever done um the, the the director and the and the producer the idea guy behind this thought we'll do it on on um uh crowdfunding and he thought maybe they'd get you know maybe $10,000 or whatever 19 million dollars later they have the money to produce a really, really good series about the life of Christ. And it's, I think he has seven seasons that he is planning on unveiling. There's one season already. You just go and download the app, The Chosen, and it's all in normal, you know, language, today's language. Um, the people, what I love is the people aren't all wearing white and, and it's pristine. It. It, just in the very first episode in five minutes, you will start to smell what it must have smelled like back then. I mean, you aut- automatically are like, ooh, oh, that's what it was really like. Um, and they are great characters. Uh, you will see all of the characters around Christ and how they got there um, before he shows up. And then when he shows up, the impact that he made, it's really, really an accessible series and really, really well done. You'll really, uh, I think you'll love this. Uh, And they've done it so it's free to you. Somebody else is paid for your first episode um, and you can then pass it on. You don't have to. You could watch all the episodes and never pay a dime. But they ask that if you like it and you want to pass it on to a friend, just make a donation. Um, and I buy this series. I mean, this is a series that I'd easily, you know, w- what is a series of 10 usually cost at Apple? Like 20, 20 or 30 bucks. To 20 or 30 HD, bucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd easily spend that on this. This is a really good series and something that would be good to watch. I think there are eight episodes out. The first season is out. Eight or 10 episodes. Uh, the first season is out. And... Um, uh, and it takes you through the New Testament. And um, it'd be something great for the family to watch while you're on vacation together. Uh, I really like it. Just go to the App Store and just get the Chosen app, uh, and you could start watching it right now. Really good. We have the guy whose idea this was and the director, and he's actually uh, comes from a famous family. And we'll talk to him coming up in uh, in just a second. Okay, so America's favorite Christmas film. What is it? 
I have uh, three movies I watch every year. Yes. Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yes. Not on, the, not on the top five. No. Yeah. Elf. Surprisingly not on the top five. Wow. Yeah. And A Christmas Story. Uh, number one. All right. Number okay. one. Number right. one. Uh, I would have said It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Uh, and A Christmas Story. A uh, Wonderful Life is number three. Number two is A Charlie Brown Christmas, which... Oh, I, I mean, I like it. I do see it every year, too. Yeah, but I, I do. Um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is number four. Really? Yeah, that's one we watch every Thanksgiving. That is... It's a Thanksgiving movie, not a Christmas really movie. really is. It's a Thanksgiving. Uh, but it still works at Christmas, but I just I just love it. And Home Alone is number five. Oh, Elf okay. isn't even on the top that's five. That's surprising. Shocking. Yeah, I feel like that that's is... the, the, the most recent classic. He was so good in that. So good. I mean, he was perfect just perfect as an elf um so uh we'll talk about that probably a little later uh next week when we get uh when we get closer because i have a few problems with holiday movies yeah surprise surprise you're the grinch no dallas jenkins is um the son of the left behind author jerry jenkins who the Left Behind series was so game-changing right. for so many people. First of all, how's your dad? He's great and uh, said to say hi. I know you yeah. had him on several years ago. Yeah, so. I love him. Yeah. I just love him. Um, you have done all kinds of films. You have, you know, you've worked for all the, you know, big-name companies for yes. producing films. I think 17 films under your belt. Somewhere in that neighborhood, yes. Yeah. And this one is different. This is yeah. the... It may not be the first crowdfunded, but it's the largest crowdfunded uh, movie or series. Yeah. Media project, yes. Yeah, ever online. Yeah. Tell me about what it is and how it started. Well, first of all, I want to say I've been, for over a year and a half, been saying, i got to get this to Glenn Beck somehow, because oh. I, I think this whole thing is right up your alley because it's disruptive. And that's something that I think you set a good example for yeah, with, with this you. whole thing, the show yeah. and the, the network and all that. That's what we're trying to do. The Chosen is the first ever multi-season series about the life of Christ. So there's been movies, there's been miniseries, but there's never actually been a multi-season show where you can take the time to get to know the characters, to get to know the stories, dig deeper into the backstories of these stories from the Gospels. And it started from a short film that I did for my church's Christmas Eve service. 20-minute short film, that's all it was intended to be, was for my church. And very long story short, it ended up going on on social media went viral, and became the tool that inspired people to want to raise over, we ended up getting over $10 million from over wow. 19,000 people around the world. You know what's so, amazing? I've only, seen, uh, I've only seen one episode so far, but it is, uh, I'm always skeptical of Jesus films and all of that. Yeah, and I can yeah. tell that because that's, this is the opposite of right. all those. This is... This is real. It's digestible. It's um, it's not cheesy at all. You know, it's one of those things where I could watch it with a friend who's not a Jesus right. person, and right. they'd go, "That was really good." Yeah, and that that's because it was inspired by shows that I love to watch. So I binge watch shows of my wife all the time, and I've always said that the stories of the Gospels deserve a great great storytelling. I mean, yeah. and yet, so I've seen every Jesus movie done. Some of them are good. Some of them are not great. They all tend to be pretty formal. There tends to be this emotional distance between the viewer and Jesus, mm -hmm. partially because these stories tend to go from miracle to miracle, Bible verse to Bible verse. You never get a chance to engage with the people that Jesus encountered. 
And then quite frankly, a lot of times the performances are so stiff and formal, you kind of wonder what made Jesus so charismatic that so many people followed him. Right. They seem to miss out on right. the, the joy, the, the humor, no doubt, the charisma that Jesus had to have for that many people to want to follow right. him. I love the old Jesus movies because he always had a British accent, too. <laughs> yes, he's very yeah, Long, <laughs> so long like, hair, blue eyes, British accent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Should we have fish tonight? Yes, and they spoke in King James <laughs> English. It never <laughs> yeah. seemed to make sense. I'm like, that's not a yeah, guy I, I would really be excited right, about. Right, right. So um, tell me about the storyline. Yeah. So we start with some of the main characters. I don't like to call them characters. They're people. But we went and chose some of the people in the Gospels who had a really interesting arc, the kind of story that could sustain itself over the course of several seasons. So we've got Matthew, the tax collector, someone who was hated by the Jews for betraying his people by being a tax collector, disrespected by the Romans for being Jewish. Got Nicodemus, a guy who was a top religious leader who yet never really came publicly out to as a follower of Christ. Uh, Simon Peter, his brother Andrew— we see these people before they encountered Christ. And I think that's what makes the show a little bit different is that you're seeing them before they encountered Christ. And we believe, I think this is one of our mottos, if you can see Jesus through the eyes of those who actually met him, you can be impacted in the same way they were. And there's someone, including Mary Magdalene, you know, who on one end of the spectrum was demon-possessed before she encountered Christ, to Nicodemus, a religious leader. There's someone for the viewer to identify with. And so when Jesus comes into the picture— there's, it's the, the encounters are that much more impactful and emotional. I don't know who can relate to the demon-possessed, but maybe you run in different <laughs> I personally can't, but... People, so that somebody, everybody can relate yeah, right. to. Well, but they can relate to the pain. Yes. And again, it's not glossed over. It's not a show that... It's, it's not... Like when I was growing up in Sunday school, for example, we were taught about Jesus on flanographs, and he was this, you know, dressed in blue, and everything was pretty. And... Right away, right off the bat in this episode, episode one, and throughout this first season, we, we get right into the dirt. I mean, we, we want you to feel like you can smell the dust in the yeah. air. It should feel real. It, it has always driven me nuts that, I mean, the last color Jesus probably would have worn is white. Right. Because it would always look dirty, you know? And yeah, nobody some fashion ever, sense. Right. Nobody yeah. ever looks dirty in anything. Right. And you... What the smell must have been like right. back at the time, what people looked like back at the time, it's just not, it's not real. And they were desperate. Uh, the Jewish people at that time were so oppressed and had been for centuries that their desperation for the Messiah was palpable. It was daily. I mean, they were, they were literally every day wondering when they were going to get respite and rescue. And that's what Jesus came into was, we, we call this the before, and Jesus comes into the before even today. And that's what we're, that's, I think, what this show is about. It's about the before. And so we introduce you to characters and people who, including miracle recipients throughout other episodes, such as the leper who was healed by Jesus or the paralytic who was lowered through the roof. When we portray these miracles, we're showing you not only the miracle itself, but the impact the miracle mm -hmm. had. And that's something that I think is oftentimes missing that we're really trying to capture. So did you use, uh, I mean, the only real... Um historic account of Jesus, if you dismiss the Bible and all of that stuff. Right. The only one outside observer um, would be Josephus right. in, in antiquities, right. Jewish antiquities. Yep. And he describes Christ as uh, one of these rebels that came right. down 
And so there were lots of people that were living in the hills claiming to be the Messiah right. at the time. Do you address any of that? Yeah. So, in fact, right off the bat with episode one, we talk about the Romans and Nicodemus, the Pharisee. There was kind of this you know, unspoken connection between uh, the Romans and the religious leaders because they were both trying to get peace. They both wanted peace. They wanted behavior. And there were preachers around that time being – they were they – were, there were crazy people. And that's why even when John the Baptist came along, people were dismissing him as he's yet another person trying to upset the apple cart. Mm-hmm. When Jesus came along, this time claiming to be the son of God and then actually performing miracles, that's when things started to get different. That's when right. eyebrows started to get raised and the people really started to congregate around Jesus because John the Baptist had been arising some some support, and then he handed off the baton and said, this is the guy. This mm-hmm. is the guy you've been waiting for. He's not the fake one. He's the real one. And it scared a lot of people, but it also excited a lot of people. So what Jesus brought, I mean, you mentioned it, uh, you know, he was a bit of a rebel. That's, again, what kind of we're attempting to capture in the show. And then that's the whole point of the show and how it was financed, how we're distributing it, the whole thing. So talk, talk, to me about, of, yeah. talk to me about that, because I remember when we started this network, it was us and Major League Baseball, right. and I think, I think HBO started right after us. Right. There was nothing right. online. We had buffering speed problems. Right. Um, and now the world has changed. Right. Uh, this could not have been made even 10 years ago. Right. It wouldn't have been shown anywhere. Right. It wouldn't have had any place to, to watch it. Right. So what does it mean to... Uh, to filmmakers, to storytellers, to the audience, what you've done to disrupt? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. We are, you know, there's a verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 43, 19 says, behold, I am doing a new thing. And that's also a motto for mm. us is the way it was financed is new. Not, not that we're the first crowdfunded, but we're the number one highest crowdfunded. Mm-hmm. Uh, the content is new. It's a first ever multi-season show. Uh, the app that this is on now. Uh, we have an app. It's called The Chosen. It's aptly named. And if you download the app, it's free. It's easy to do. It's the first ever app that allows you to watch a show on any one of your devices without a subscription. So if you have a Roku, Apple TV, Fire Stick, Chromecast, anything, you can literally click the button on your phone, essentially hijack that device, mm-hmm. and you could be watching the show within minutes mm-hmm. with no subscription. Mm-hmm. doesn't cost anything. And so, and then you, you have what, five episodes out. How do you, are you going to make all of them free or do you? Yeah. So the first eight episodes, the complete season one Mm -hmm. is now there on the app. And it's a long story of how people around the world can watch it. Cause you may, you may have discovered this uh, because you're a streaming network too, but around the world, every time someone streams an episode of our show, we yep. have to pay for it. It's not free. Right. <laughs> so, so if we just all of a sudden made it completely free around the world, uh, you know, today, um, we would lose millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. It, Streaming cut. People don't understand. Right. People don't know that. It's I didn't know that. Re- I do. It's <laughs> really expensive. Right. That's why people are like, don't give the subscription to everybody. Right. Because the more you're pumping out, more people watching, the more ex- the, it becomes very expensive quickly. Right. So, but but our investors and our viewers who've seen the episodes and have freaked out about them, their most common comment is, "How do we get this to others? We they want this to go to the world." So we've told them, "If you want this around the world, you're going to have to help us." And so, when people buy an episode or, or watch an episode, I shouldn't say buy when they watch an episode, 
we tell them this was paid for you by someone else. And that person can then choose to pay it forward. So we've got this pay it forward idea where viewers can help people around the world see this for free. And so when they do that, when they're supporting the show by, by purchasing episodes for others, they're also allowing us to do future episodes and seasons. How many seasons do you have in your head? Seven or eight, probably. I mean, we want wow. to tell the story. So, I mean, and, and it sounds crazy. We're, we, we believe that over the course of the next six, seven years, we're going to need to raise about $100 million. And that sounds ridiculous, but... No, if it's, if it's as good as it appears to be in the first season, right. and you can keep this pace, I don't think that's Well, the first season, based on a short film I did for my church that I shot, it was about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds, and I shot it on my friend's farm in Illinois. Raised $10 million from 19,000 people. It seems like, again, the, like you said, the pacing is such that we can pull this off. Yeah, so yeah. I just got tired of of waiting for Hollywood to lower its scepter to allow me into their hallowed halls. I mean, I don't have to anymore. Yeah. You you can just go directly to the people. No, I remember two, three years ago, even I went to Hollywood to pitch, uh, and, uh, went to Amazon and everybody else. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, that those gates were still there. Right. Those gates aren't here anymore. Right. And you had a lot to do with breaking that down. So I've, I, you know, I really appreciate that because I think you had, this attitude of, I want to be able to say what I want. Yeah. I want to be able to do it in the way that I want. So I'm just going to, and it's, it's, it starts off rough. There's growing pains for sure. <laughs> I don't know if you know about that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and we were on the, not the leading edge. We were on the bleeding edge. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, you, you opened the doors for a lot of people and that's what we're hoping to do as well. But for now we're just concentrating on getting this show to as many people around the world as possible. And we're figuring out along the way, how can we do that without going bankrupt? Uh, and our, we've found that people, when they see the show, are so hungry for it. And they, the comment we get over and over and over again is, I've, I, I've never seen anything like this. In fact, Johnny Erickson Tata, who's a well-known author and speaker, she said, thank you for telling the old, old story, which is a phrase from a hymn, in an impossibly fresh way. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most meaningful compliments I've ever received because I've heard these stories hundreds of times. And I want, I'm not changing them, but I do want to tell them in a way that feels fresh and that feels like, for people especially who maybe haven't grown up in church, but who can see these stories and feel like, that's a Jesus I would want to know. Mm-hmm. These are people I would want to know. Mm-hmm. This is a story I want to watch, uh, and there's not much out there. Uh, you know, you got shows like Game of Thrones, Stranger Things, all these shows that people binge watch. We wanted something that people could have watch parties for and binge watch about Christ. And I uh, think that's great. Yeah, I please. think it's great. Um, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the Apple App Store right now, and I want you to download the Chosen app. Uh, it's free. You can download it right now. You'll be watching the episodes after this show is over. Uh, you can watch the episode. Others, you know, that might be, you know, wanting to watch it right now, you'll be able to watch it in about a minute. Yes. So it's the chosen, and you'll find that in the App Store. Download it and support. Thank you so much. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it. You had me on. You really have to make it to the third episode when you you see Christ. I think it's second or third episode with children. It is, first of all, he doesn't look like the Christ that, like, everybody always shows. Um uh, but when you see him with children, you're like, that is absolutely the way he would be. Absolutely the way he would be. It's just such a great series. Check it out with your family, The Chosen. So <laughs> the Space Force is a real thing. Uh, really? 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's it looks like we are moving forward on um, a sixth branch of the U.S. military, and it will be the Space Force. And it's its task will be to protect U.S. interest in space, uh, which will mean protect everything from the GPS systems to the space junk that is flying out there at hundreds of miles an hour. I don't I mean, that's that's one of the real things we have to track. Every piece of junk, every bolt, everything, because you have to know how to navigate through that field because a bolt would go right through the space shuttle. I mean, that's it's incredible. Uh, and they say it's a long time uh, due. And so I guess we're getting a new space force. <laughs> Nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> 